Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Numbers 18 in the NLT. Hope everybody's having a nice Friday evening. Great to have a break from work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for rest. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Lord, for the weekend. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And that when everything else seems to be so unfulfilling and unsatisfactory um, or boring, that we have your word which fills us up with the Holy Spirit and gives us the power to be able to come to the throne of grace boldly in time of need. We come to you, Lord, wanting to worship you in spirit and in truth. As Jesus said in John 4, we come to you, Lord, wanting the Holy Spirit. We come to you, Lord, asking you to fill up our personal inner cup, our inner software with your presence, with your joy and your peace, and a fulfillment, a sense of fulfillment that the world cannot give. Thank you so much, Lord, for all you do again. And thank you, Lord, as we read your word, give us the spirit of discernment, the spirit of calm, pray for the world. We know it's in the birth pangs where it's so much contention and fighting and bickering and people killing each other. And it's just so disheartening to see. And yet, Lord, we, we were told that this all was going to happen that preceded your coming. And your coming is very imminent, Lord, I pray. Amen. The duties of the priests and the Levites. The Lord said to Aaron, you, your sons and your relatives from the tribe of Levi will be held responsible for any offenses related to the sanctuary, but you and your sons alone will be held responsible for violations connected with the priesthood. Does knowing God come with responsibility as well as reward? I mean, we do come to the Lord in spirit and truth. We are supposed to be relational. We are supposed to be informational, at least study the scriptures. We can't all have the same opinion, hermeneutic perspective about a certain piece of scripture. We can only read the Bible and get the macro um, points of unity, but we all cannot agree on the minors, so why do we try? But I think it's also, you know, we want the rewards to know God, eternal life. But I think I'm personally looking at this verse and I'm just struck with there are responsibilities to worshiping in church. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And certainly people can come to the Lord and sit at home and study scripture and listen to programs when you're old, when you can't do it anymore, when you're older, you don't have a car, you can't get to church. But I also think there's a certain responsibility to go to church and to serve like you can only go so long to be a consumer and then you have to say to yourself what more am i supposed to do jesus put it all on the line for us so i can't speak for anybody else i don't tell people what to think i ask you to think about what i tell you but that's what i get when i read these these first this first verse there's responsibilities connected with being a christian and I sometimes think that people talk too much about the rewards about being a Christian. This world doesn't work that way. Take up your cross and follow me. Bring your relatives of the tribe of Levi, your ancestral tribe, to assist you and your sons as you perform the sacred duties in front of the tabernacle of the covenant. But as the Levites go about all their assigned duties at the tabernacle, they must be careful not to go any of the, near any of the sacred objects or the altar. If they do both, you and they will die Boy, there's so much reverence here. Um, I was just listening to R.C. Sproul, and he was talking about, you know, he didn't want, he was saying, true worship 
and but not worshiptainment. And I, I wonder sometimes if that if worship can be a little bit entertaining because it seems to contrast with what is said here about, you know, being reverent and sacred. And certainly this is the old covenant and we are part of the new covenant, which is love and, and you know, the, the spirit relationships. But I still think there should be a measure of reverence and respect for God. But I'm not going to tell people how to carry that out. That's not my business. I know what I want to do. The Levites must join you in fulfilling their responsibilities for the care and maintenance of the tabernacle, but no unauthorized person may assist you. You yourselves must perform the sacred duties inside the sanctuary and, and at the altar. If you follow these instructions, the Lord's anger will never again blaze against the people of Israel. Well, um, I mean, I don't know. Have there been plagues in the new, in the new age? You know, it says the, the Lord's anger, wrath against sin, blazes out. And, and it's also talked about a plague hitting the children of Israel. Like, I don't know what the plague means. You just die. You just drop dead. Like a plague is like a blister or something on your face, something external. Or is it that the anger is like a fire? It's an inner fire or, or what happened to those two boys? How they tried to burn strange fire before the Lord and they were burned. Something happened to them and then they had to carry their clothes out. So where were their bodies? Like they carried the clothes or the bodies or there was something strange about them, like, like about the corpse, like not a regular body, you know? So obviously... You know, God does, His holiness demands caution. You know, it's kind of like putting your hand in a, in a place where there's like electrical fence or something and it says, caution, don't touch. We are dealing with a God that's so powerful and so holy and so mighty. We have to be really, really careful. We come to God in prayer. We come to Him's presence in our minds in prayer because we have Jesus and Jesus is the one who allows us to go into the presence of God. I myself have chosen your fellow Levites from among the Israelites to be your special assistants. They are a gift to you dedicated to the Lord for service in the tabernacle. But you and your sons, the priests, must personally handle all the priestly rituals associated with the altar and with everything behind the inner curtain. Boy, I'd be scared to go behind there because, you know, of the things they had. I'm giving you the priesthood as your special privilege of service. Any authorized person who comes too near the sanctuary will be put to death. So I did hear the Gentiles could only be in the outer court, certainly in the new, in the new covenant, uh, in the old covenant, is that they could not uh, approach. Only the priest could go into the, into the holy place, you know. And, but yet at the same time, when Jesus died, the curtain was torn from top to bottom as if to signify we can all go into the presence of God by Jesus' death because he has consecrated us and sanctified us through his death to give us the Holy Spirit. The Lord gave these further instructions to Aaron. I myself have put you in charge of all the holy offerings that are brought to me by the people of Israel. I've given all these consecrated offerings to you and your sons as your permanent share. You are allotted the portion of the most holy offerings that is not burned on the fire. This portion of all the most holy offerings, including the grain offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings, will be most holy and belongs to you and your sons. You must eat it as a most holy offering. All the males may eat of it, and you must treat it as most holy. All the sacred offerings and special offerings presented to me when the Israelites lift them up 
before the altar also belong to you. I have given them to you and to your sons and daughters as your permanent share. Any member of your family who is ceremonially clean may eat of these offerings. You know, I, I know I may be jumping here, but I've looked at some videos today about, you know, relationships. People are talking about relationships all the time. I mean, you got, you know, people who are not believers, but like, you know, Je Pearl, uh, she calls just pearly things. She calls herself Pearl. She broadcasts from the UK. She's like one of those channels where we're talking about red pill, red pill men issues, you know, men going their own way and and the modern women and all that sort of stuff, all these channels. And now it's like these different women are talking about like Courtney Ryan and uh, uh, some guy, J J Jalil Belio or something her name is. So these are not believers, although Pearl says she's Catholic, right? And talking about relationships and marriages not working and the sort of the um, marriage rate going down, divorce going down because not as many people are getting married, possibly birth rate going down. So it just struck me reading this, and I know it's a jump, that God is talking to, to Aaron about doing something, and it's like, it's a responsibility, and it's to be holy. It's a holy responsibility. And I'm thinking, you know, marriage is holy. You know, and I should be talking, I'm divorced, right? Marriage should be, marriage should be, is a holy thing because God invented marriage. I don't think people invented marriage. God invented marriage. Marriage was between a man and a woman. God invented marriage and it's holy and without God in the picture it doesn't really work right without the Holy Spirit without the forgiveness without the commitment to vows it doesn't really work and the cavalier attitude that people have about marriage is why it doesn't work it unwinds men and women are really very different creatures I mean if it's if it's a if it's a love with somebody it can be an amazing thing. You know, it's, it's great to be in love. I know I sound really sappy now, but it's Friday evening. You get to be, you get to sound whoever you want. Like, I'd say most people have been in love once in their life. Maybe if the love wasn't returned, but they saw somebody and their heart kind of flooded or you, you, you went to somewhere and you saw somebody and they were there and they talked to you and you just felt really good. Although you saw that all oh, the person doesn't reciprocate or maybe you were in love, but then you fell out of love or you were married and it was really great. And then you got divorced and she divorced you, right? Because, you know, 50% of the marriages unwind and out of the 50%, you know, 80% of the women, 80% of the 50% is women, sadly. But I, even I, as curmudgeon and cranky and hardened as I am now at 58, I've been in love and you know what? It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I've seen a woman and I've, I've had a crush. I remember when, when I was dating my wife, it was really fun. You know, we were driving somewhere, we were comparing English and Croatian. And she was telling me about the number one in Croatian and also how to say swear words in Croatian. And then I taught her some swear words in English. I know I shouldn't be saying this, but it was. And when she said a swear word in English, it, she said it so flatly, I nearly lost control of the car. <laughs> When an English speaker says a swear word, you know, you can think of the swear words I might be talking about. Um, I don't know really why I'm talking about this. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of got that oompa in it. But when, when somebody says it as if they're saying blah, 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 or blah, 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 just flat. It's so funny that they have no idea what they're saying. If you're driving a vehicle, a motor vehicle, you should park at the side because you will laugh yourself out of control and possibly cause an accident. But luckily I didn't that day.
Isn't it a great thing to be in love? That's all from God. And yet God invented marriage and marriage has some certain rules. And now it's not working anymore because nobody really knows God. God is, God is love and to love, to love is to be like God. And God is other centered. And today's love is very self-centered. You do this for me. You do my requirements. You didn't, I didn't get what I want from you. Therefore, I'm getting rid of you. I don't feel, I'm not getting my feelings matched, so I'm, I'm getting out of the marriage. But I guess all this is coming when I read this. This is our God. Our God is loving. It's about relationships, but relationships by and of themselves offer their own discipline. Love fulfills the law, but it's not just a pack of feelings. It's a discipline. Okay. Love put gravity as 9.8 meters per second squared, and it's darn well near 9.8 meters per second squared tomorrow, and it's always been 9.8 meters per second squared. And if it doesn't stay that way, not only is it not loving, it's not lawful, and it's lethal. Because I guess all these buildings, all these bridges, all this church, all these concrete things, if it was not, if gravity fluctuated because God just felt like letting it go, oh, I just feel so free today, I'm just going to let this go, we would be in deep, deep, deep trouble. I don't know how I got all this from reading this. But anyways, maybe it's the Holy Spirit, maybe I'm just crazy as a loon, and you shouldn't be listening to my ramblings and prattlings of a 58, soon to be 59 year old person who just talks too much and says too little, you should be focusing on the word of God. And so should I. I also give you the harvest gifts brought by the people as offerings to the Lord, the best of the olive oil, new wine and grain. All the first crops of their land that the people present to the Lord belong to you. Any member of your family who is ceremonially clean may eat this food. Everything in Israel that is specifically set apart for the Lord also belongs to you. The firstborn of every mother whether human or animal that is offered to the Lord will be yours but you must always redeem your firstborn sons and the firstborn of ceremonially unclean animals redeem them when they are one month old the redemption price is five pieces of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel which equals 20 curas Peter did say you know in Acts he said boy you know what um some of the things that we're supposed to do I guess coming from here it was a lot it was a lot to bear it was a burden he did say this and I guess the Gentiles are not really given this. I mean, we read this in the Bible, but it wasn't really part of our spiritual DNA. So I guess in a way, Jesus seems kind of loose, like, you know, just you've been given the Holy Spirit, love fulfills the law, but yet the Gentiles are perceived. And so Jesus is perceived by Jewish people as being very loose, like a Palestinian hippie. And he's not. He looks at all this and says, what's important? Love is important, relationships. But it almost seems to me as if Jesus says, okay, you didn't, you didn't, get, you didn't get all this law on the outside. You, you have, if you do what is right on the inside, Romans, Romans 2, it says, when the Gentiles who do not have the law do the things that are contained in the law, they are a law unto themselves. It's almost like saying you will learn to be lawful by loving God and having the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't that what sanctification and consecration is? Because God is the God of the Jews and the Gentiles. And he, and he has one Messiah, Christ our Lord, who is the head of both the earth families, Jews and non-Jews. One happy family under Jesus, the Messiah. He did say he was sent to the lost house of Israel. Um, he didn't really, although he did hang out with the Gentiles, but then Paul afterwards says, my ministry is for the Gentiles. 
I don't think Christianity was really ever supposed to be just primarily a Gentile religion, as I read. Yes, I'm giving you all these holy offerings that the people of Israel belong to the Lord. They are for you and your sons and daughters to be eaten as your permanent share. This is an eternal and unbreakable covenant between the Lord and you, and it also applies to your descendants. I mean, even today, even for people who are Messianic Jews, um, are they supposed to have like, you know, no pork or shrimps? I don't think so. You know, I thought I heard that uh, uh, this is a covenant forever. You know, some of the words for forever in the Old Testament are to the vanishing point. And I think the vanishing point is when Jesus died on the cross. But some Jewish, even some people who are Jewish, but yet follow Jesus would say, unbreakable means you never, you know, you don't eat a, a non-kosher diet. You don't do those sort of things. You still go to church on Saturday. You still keep the Sabbath. Because I have met people uh, who are Jewish and Messianic Jewish, and they believe in Jesus, but they still keep the Sabbath day, which they believe is Saturday. And the Lord said to Aaron, your priests will receive no allotment of land or share of property among the people of Israel. I am your share and your allotment. As for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel. Tribe of Levi. So the thing is, I guess God is our love. God is my treasure. God is my treasure because I don't have any treasures in this world. I've almost like I'm approaching $36,000 in debts, Canadian debts. And it weighs on me sometimes because I don't know how to turn this around. I really don't. I eat too much. I need to make payments for rental stuff. I'm not, I'm not telling you something you already don't know. I just, I don't know how to. I'm not going to be rich with a trophy wife and lots of money in the bank like I thought, but I think that this life, being a Christian, is so much better. It's just so much better. I needed to do this, and I'm glad. But sometimes I wonder, Lord, my life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Sometimes when I'm having a moment of self-pity, I'll say, it turned out worse. But when I realize, when all that sort of clears, I realize, Lord, it turned out for the best. Jesus is worth all the dreams that I didn't fulfill and never really could anyways. They were just pipe dreams. I would rather have Jesus as my concrete reality than all them silly pipe dreams that I wanted before as a non-believer, even though I keep bringing them up. They're useless. They couldn't get me into the kingdom of heaven. I had a wonderful life in the other church. I had, it was prep but it was not salvation. It was Judaism for Gentiles. And I stand by that. And Judaism is not salvation. It's beliefs. From now on, no Israelites except priests or Levites may approach the tabernacle. If they come too near, they will be judged guilty and will die. Only the Levites may serve at the tabernacle and they will be held responsible for any offenses against it. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The Levites will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites because I have given them the Israelites tithes, which have been presented as sacred offerings to the Lord. This will be the Levite share. That is why I said they would receive no allotment of land among the Israelites. 
The Lord also said to Moses, Give these instructions to the Levites. When you receive from the people of Israel the tithes I have assigned as your allotment, give a tenth of the tithes you receive, a tithe of the tithe to the Lord as a sacred offering. The Lord will consider this offering to be your harvest offering, as though as it were the first grain from your own threshing floor or wine from your own wine press. You must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. This is the Lord's sacred portion, and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Be sure to give to the Lord the best portions of the gifts given to you. So with tithe, you know, I used to give a tenth. Then I came to the Christian church, and it said, free will, give what the Holy Spirit offers. You know, you and the Holy Spirit decide. And I did that for a while, but then somehow I drifted back to the tenth. I think you and God have to work out exactly what, how much you want to give to God. It's, it's free will is free will. So my free will turned back into the tenth. You know, I see people have, um, you know, sermons about giving, you know, and I think that if you come to a church, you like the sermons, you like the resources, you're going, the Holy Spirit's going to say, hey, you know, give some money back to the church, help them pay their bills. You know, it costs paper and to print out some of the Bible studies to keep the lights burning. It costs money and people want to give back, you know. Um, I've heard some, uh, I saw a video with a guy talking about false teachers who say, who kind of twist that, say, you need to give. If you're not giving, you're sinning. You know, they seem to be pushing it, and they're guys who are very rich. Like one guy has seven jets, okay? And to me, he's milking the faithful people. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, do not allow people, do not allow false, false people to make merchandise of you. And I wasn't going to look that up, but I think I should, because there's always a lot of charges leveled against the Christian church, that there are shysters in the Christian church. Yeah, there are. The devil uses shysters to, to put blame on Christians. But God puts it in his word that you should be wise and discerning with your money. You've worked. All, all of your money belongs to the Lord, but he's giving you a chance to partner with him. And you shouldn't be, I wouldn't say constant, you shouldn't be ignorant enough to fill some guy's pockets who tells you to do it in the name of God Meanwhile, he's using it to get rich on your money, on the money that you're giving in the name of God. You have to be wise and discerning. And I got to find that verse in 2 Peter. I know it's there, you know, because I think a lot of false big P prophets do that as well. But false prophets, 2 Peter 2, false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That's exactly what that false Jezebel who started my former church was. She was a false, destructive person, and she put herself between Jesus and believers, and she says she's speaking from God. It was a spirit of Jezebel, control, selfishness, lying, and narcissism. And it says, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Man, if you want to try to bamboozle somebody, don't do it to God. Because God never forgets. You may, you may, you may get away with cheating people as a false prophet. Or think you're doing right by bamboozling simple people from their money all in the name of Jesus to fill your coffers and make sure you have seven jets but God says woe unto thee I do not forget 
sins like this. Because when you take chunks out of God's people, you're taking a chunk out of God himself, and he doesn't like it. And he also says that about the Jewish people. He says, when you touch the Jewish people, you touch the apple of God's eye. Leave them alone. The anti-Semitic attacks that have happened in Canada at this place called Concordia University should stop. Any nation who goes against the Christian, uh, the Jewish nation, and also, uh, we, we don't want to be attacking Palestinian people even if they have a different religion. You don't, we don't want to be doing that because I saw there were some attacks there too. You know, for me, don't attack anybody of any faith. Of Christian, Jewish, um, Palestinian, just don't do it. But the Jewish people, do not touch them. It says, you must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't tell you what to do. I just tell you the things that occur to me um, as I'm speaking. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I just have an opinion, just like some of you. We got to read God's word. You got to read God's word, and everybody gets to have an opinion. Everybody gets to have a hermeneutic. Everybody reads God's word, and what does this mean? Okay, you tell me what you think it means the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Whether you have a meaning in your head or maybe you have to go listen to different Christian leaders in order to formulate an opinion, but God's word is the base root of your opinion. And everybody gets to have an opinion. This is the Lord's sacred portion and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Be sure to give to the Lord the best portions of the gifts given to you. You know, God likes a cheerful giver, right? Like if you just, well, oh, okay, I gotta give this money. I'm happy to give the money back to the Lord. He's been kind to me. And I also pray that he'll bless me financially, but more or less he'll bless me in my heart. I won't, I, I'll have an energy. Also give these instructions to the Levites. When you present the best part of, as your offering, it will be considered as though it came from your own threshing floor or wine press. You Levites and your families may eat this food anywhere you wish, for it is your compensation for serving in the tabernacle. So God is fair. He will, he will reward you. He will give back to you. He knows that you're giving and God gives back. That's that's what we have. We serve a giving God. We serve the Father of lights. We serve who gives all good things, who's generous. Give God gives. Maybe we don't notice what he's giving us. He's giving us the air, the 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 food that we eat, the, a warm house, a roof, you know. I got a nice little place here. It's a rental. It's not like my house I had before. I don't really need it. I got what I need. I don't, I didn't get what I want. I got what I needed. And you know, it's what I want. My house in my house in the new covenant universe is waiting for me. In the future, God says, I'm, you're going to have mansions. And you know what? I'm I absolutely suck at building. So maybe God will put some knowledge into my head. So I'll actually be able to build something nice instead of something like disastrous. I'll actually be able to swing a nail into a wall and hang without breaking and cracking the wall. I look forward to that. You will not, verse 32, you will not be considered guilty for accepting the Lord's tithes if you give the best portion to the priests, but be careful not to eat the holy gifts, not to treat the holy gifts, don't eat them either, but be careful not to treat the holy gifts of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. Nothing that God gives us is common. We are supposed to be a holy people, righteous and sanctified, consecrated, 
by God our Savior, by Jesus Christ our Savior. We are a holy people unto the Lord, not wholly arrogant, wholly set apart, a peculiar people, different from the world, not common, not profane. I love that. I want to be special, not arrogant. I want to be humble and meek, but I want to be special. I, I do. Thanks for listening to my prattlings and ramblings about the scriptures. I don't know about you. I just have fun doing this. I really do. God bless you all. And thanks again for taking your time.